1: We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat.
0: Mmm, bacon.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Hubba Dubba.
0: (laughs) I don't really know what that was, but we're going to go with it. It just came out. It was either Hubba Bubba, and we don't... No, no,
1: it's more closer to... uh, breakfast club from the principal when he would go, hook it up.
0: Oh, okay. That's, yeah.
1: That's way closer to what it was. It wasn't that, but it was close.
0: Yeah, it was close.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what do we have to talk about today? Well,
0: first, it's episode 60.
1: It's episode number 60, baby.
0: Oh, my God. He's going <laughs> to sing. Y'all have already seen, if you follow us on Instagram, stories that he dances all the time. Uh, yep. Did I, t- I told you I did that whole trivia thing to see if people could guess which one of us was in choir and danced in high mm-hmm. school. Correct. And people, most of the people picked me, except for the people who know us and they already knew. <laughs> and they picked you, but it was surprising that, you know, a couple of people that didn't know us picked you, which was surprising, but.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. I am the quintessential singing and dancing Fred Astaire type person, and everyone knows that.
0: I know. It's really fun. So, I don't know. We're getting way off track.
1: Already. Wow, that was fast.
0: Yeah. Well, you keep singing.
1: Okay. So, So, episode
0: 60. Did I say that?
1: Yep, you did. Okay.
0: Do we have anything to talk about?
1: We do. All right. So, we're going to talk about us, of course, because that's what we do on the show. And what we did all weekend. We're so
0: boring. What did
1: we do all weekend? Okay, we were semi-boring all weekend. I don't want to say completely boring, but we sit around and we watch the CrossFit games.
0: Oh my gosh. It's my Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. So what's uh second place to working out?
0: <clears throat> Watching workouts.
1: Watching people work out. I, I felt like exhausted. I got sha- I felt like I got in shape.
0: Well, you know, because okay, we sit on the couch right next to each other. We're we're goofy, we're goofy old lovebirds. Mm-hmm. So we sit on the couch next to each other, and I, ho- I hold your hand, and you can feel me when I'm like they're doing muscle lesson. Uh, I'm trying to help them. I know. So I'm like I know. I'm like
1: go get up there. It's so funny, and if they're running, I'll start like moving my feet, like <laughs> no. I'm gonna run faster.
0: Uh, the only thing that I was super super disappointed about with the CrossFit gangs this Do year. Tell. I will. I will tell, and I will shout it from the mountaintops if we had me here in Texas. Um, I'm really upset that they did not have live stream of the Masters and Teens this year.
1: I completely agree.
0: I live and breathe for that.
1: Yeah, because, and we talked about this before, it's, I mean, the people that are in the CrossFit games are impressive athletes, there's no doubt, but I am more impressed by the people who are over 40 over 50 over 60 and they're doing the same workouts as the 20 year old athletes
0: yeah so i mean if you're not into crossfit no sweat but so this week this weekend there was a workout that crossfit people don't like to run let's just (laughs) say that first and so everything was a run in the games at first and, you know, we've had Dave Hippenstill on our podcast a little while back, and he participated in the 60 and over mm-hmm. games. And we didn't get to watch a single bit of it. No. We only saw if somebody took a little bit of video and posted it on Instagram, we could see it. So I'm really upset about that, and I know a lot of people are. But the the workout that they had, and this is why it's impressive, they had a workout for the younger, like, Athletes that were was a 6,000-mile... 6,000-mile? <laughs> God.
1: <laughs> Man, CrossFit is really hard.
0: <laughs> That's why they don't <laughs> like running. A, sorry. A 6,000-meter run, but it was a ruck run. And mm-hmm. you know from the military how sucky that is. Oh, yeah. So it was not just a ruck. They had to every 1,500 meters, they had to add more weight. So it was started with 20 pounds, then 30, 40, and they mm-hmm. ended with 50. And... The up to 54-year-old groups, age groups, had to do the same
1: workout. Right. Same weight, same distance, everything. And they didn't show it. And they didn't show it. And, And that's, you know, I love to see people that age pushing themselves because you want to have goals. And I think that CrossFit missed an opportunity because you want to build longevity into whatever it is you're doing. And when you can display that longevity and say, hey, look... If you're older and you want to be in really good shape, you should do CrossFit. Opposed to all the 20-year-olds and maybe 30-year-olds to pretty much whatever they do, it's not that hard to stay in shape.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, looking at the elite athletes, I mean, granted, they're putting in hard work, but they're young. Yeah. But when you start getting into the 50-year-olds and they're putting in the same hard work and they're doing the same exact workouts and you don't show that... Come
1: on. Yeah. Now we don't go to a CrossFit gym, just you know
0: no, we do cards the, on the
1: table kind of thing.
0: Yeah, we don't belong to one, but we do it in our backyard.
1: <laughs> well we do we do workouts and you know, and I always joke about this, CrossFit I get people think it's, you know, new. it's the same stuff that I did in high school in off season football. A lot of it is very similar. Um now granted we weren't doing appropriate Olympic lifts, but neither were a CrossFit community. Just a couple years ago, they were kinda Not hacking like- it.
0: Yeah, not until they got uh, Mike Berginger.
1: Yeah, not until they got serious about it. So, you know, the first, I don't know, five, six years of of CrossFit was really just, um, it was a monster match. It was throwing together workouts, which was was exactly what we did, like, in football programs and in the military, for sure. So, uh, I know we talk about CrossFit, and we like them because they're athletes. But, you know, also last week, I watched the USA Track and Field Championships.
0: And that's impressive, too. Oh, yeah.
1: So, you know, I coach young athletes in running. So I was watching for running form, stride, pacing, watching all these elite athletes and seeing how they're doing. And to me, that was uh, just as interesting as the CrossFit Games.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, anything that you enjoy, if it's on TV and someone else is doing it, it's always fun to watch, right? I mean...
1: Oh, we watched the Spartan races for a while. Yeah.
0: I mean, at sports, I'm, I am not Football's coming. I can't play football. I don't play football. I enjoy that. But CrossFit, I can do some of that stuff. So it's really fun to watch other people do it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and running, I'm trying to do that. Well,
1: it's, fun, it's <laughs> fun to find things that you can do physically, whether it's running, biking, uh, lifting, walking, gymnastics, uh, Pilates, wh- whatever it is, ballet, whatever is you find enjoyable. It's fun to watch other people excel. And, you know, and you get that motivation when you watch it. You start feeling like that you can do this, even though I know I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be in the CrossFit Games. But I can go out there and I can do some similar lifts and I can push myself and I can feel better about myself.
0: Well, it's the same reason why we've had some of these athletes, you know, we've tried to have them on our podcast. We had, you know, we had Helen Taylor and she does CrossFit and she's in her 50s. She's 51, and it's really inspiring for me to go to her page, watch her do these lifts, these workouts, and we're doing similar workouts, and I realized she could crush me.
1: <laughs> and, no. Oh, she can crush me. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we had Sue Spencer not long ago who does, you know, lost a, a whole bunch of weight on a keto diet and then got into Olympic lifting mm-hmm. in her late, you know, in her, in her 60s. Like She's 60, in her 60s and doing Olympic lifting. And that's amazing to mm-hmm. be able to have those people around to look to for inspiration.
1: And that's that was the uh, impetus behind this podcast was to provide information to create inspiration. So people listening, even if it's just a couple people, maybe they listen and they hear something that helps them and they can be healthy uh, for the rest of their life. And that's the point is... To be healthy into your 90s, to be 100 years old and and laughing and walking around on your own and you know driving your own car.
0: I'm hoping to be walking around on my hands.
1: When you're 100? Yeah. Mm, all right.
0: I mean, I so we're it's on be... it's,
1: it's on audio. You can't back down now. No.
0: I know I can't. So we're going to be a little all over the map today, I think, because we don't have one specific topic. We want to talk about the carnivore diet. What's going on with us? some improvements we've seen and then also obviously now you know what we did all weekend was just sit around and watch the crossfit games but we want to let you know kind of what's going on and so it might be a little all over the map
1: right but first a break for our sponsors oh wait we don't have any so
0: <laughs> i was like what are you talking about we have no sponsors
1: we don't we don't have need any of sponsors that. sponsors um, so we can do a quick update on our dairy No dairy adventure.
0: Yeah, we have no dairy. We have no dairy. There is no
1: dairy. And it's awesome.
0: I was all for it for two weeks. And then you said we need to do 30 days. And since you were doing it with me, I agreed that we would do 30 days. And we are starting, this is week four. Yep,
1: day 22.
0: Day 22. And I feel like it's been kind of forever.
1: (laughs) It's been (laughs) a while. But the results are impressive.
0: But it's also been, it hasn't really been that long, no, right? it hasn't. Three, three weeks, weeks is not
1: very long. Three
0: full weeks. And I haven't missed it at all. I really haven't. I haven't missed any dairy. I'm cooking with ghee, mostly. And, um, oh, ghee out of oh, here. Oh, ghee out of here. And, you know, ghee, if you don't know, it's just butter that the milk solids have been removed by just heating it and then skimming off the, all the good butter fat. Um, but we've been doing that. And man, it, game changer, needle mover.
1: For me, a total game changer, not only on leaning out, so uh, losing fat. And I, I stay the same weight all the time. I, I never change. And I've dropped about four pounds on the scale. And I don't usually weigh, but I'm doing that so I can talk about it. And I've gotten leaner. So it feels like I've put on muscle and lost fat all at the same time. And also, uh, we both have increased our activity over the past two weeks dramatically.
0: Okay, back to me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everybody knows well, I don't know I what had, I was thinking. Everybody knows I had insomnia, right? So I had insomnia for a little while and then I added in the carbs to see if that would help and that was just a, a just no. It did not help. In fact, one wah, thing wah, wah. Right, one thing I wanted to say was during that time and I don't know if I've told this yet. During the time when I added in the rice, I got a little bit of tartar on the back of my tooth, Mm -hmm. the front, back teeth, bottom teeth.
1: Yeah, I noticed when we were making out. (laughs) Shut
0: (laughs) up. And and after we went carnivore and took out the dairy, it fell off. Like, within three days, it started chipping off.
1: I'm telling you,
0: it's it's like, if something's wrong with you, maybe you should try a carnivore diet.
1: I have no... Uh, tartar buildup on my teeth either like you know at the bottom of your tooth where it all gets usually in a normal person after you know six months to a year you have tartar buildup i have nothing there's nothing there you gotta
0: go to the dentist and they gotta pick all that crap off your teeth
1: yeah they come at you with the the death you know tools and and they scrape your tooth that always feels great the captain hook (laughs) yeah so if you don't if you don't want to have uh you know that kind of experience at the dentist then maybe you should try a carnivore diet
0: I know. It's, I'm not going to say that it's the cure for everything, but it's probably the cure for everything. No,
1: and and we're not going to say that everybody has to do a carnivore diet. We don't believe that there's one diet. Okay, now, if you start talking about nutrients and nutrient availability, I think meat is the best.
0: You know what? I totally didn't say what I was going to say about insomnia.
1: Well, let's, let's get right back to that.
0: Okay, so meat is the best. Why? <laughs> because... <laughs> because When I had the insomnia and added the carbs, number one, I got the tartar. It didn't help my insomnia except for like for two nights. And then now that we're back to carnivore and we took out the dairy, I'm sleeping like nine hours. Mm -hmm. Eight and nine hours of good, good, luxurious sleep.
1: (laughs) And and if you're anybody that deals with insomnia, you... Need to work on it, okay? Make it a priority. You need sleep to for, for your muscles to recover, but more importantly, for your brain to actually recover. So as you age, you don't have you know any any brain issues. That's a big. Deal. Well, you
0: know we RV right, mm-hmm. and when you fill up your black tank, you got to dump it, right? <laughs> so your brain kind of works the same way at night. You fill up the black tank, and when you sleep, you dump all that crap out.
1: You dump the crap.
0: And that's kind of what happens. And so without adequate sleep, sometimes your brain doesn't defragment like yeah. it
1: should. This doesn't recover it well, and you need that. Now, back to me, okay. what I was talking about, since Ping I was pong. so rudely interrupted. Um, we're, we're not going to tell you that meat is the only way. I'm going to tell you it works, okay? So if you want to try it, it absolutely works. But there are people out there that are insistent on it. You have to eat vegetables. Whether it's you go whole hog, <laughs> pun intended, and eat vegan, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, you know, and it's only vegetables, or you just go vegetarian and you're eating, you know, mostly vegetables. Now, this, this is our opinion on it, that, um, you know, meat is your primary nutrient, where it, it, you, you get all your nutrients. Vegetables are second, okay, and they're, they're low nutrient value, not as good as meat.
0: Harder to get to the nutrients.
1: It's harder to get to the nutrients, and here's where all the nutrients are okay. uh, extracted or in your colon, Right. So guess what you can live without? Your colon. Your colon. You can live without your colon.
0: I, I didn't know if it was a test. I wanted to be first to answer. <laughs> you know how competitive I am. No, there, are
1: about, there, are, there are about four or five people I heard yell, colon, it's colon. So <laughs> I
0: wanted to be first.
1: You, you can live without your colon, but you can't live without your small intestines, which are where all the fats and proteins are mostly absorbed. So uh, to me, that's a key indicator that, you know, you don't have to have vegetables to live. Now, Can you eat them? Yes, sure. Why not? But there's things you have to be aware of like oxalates, like lectins.
0: And so for some people, I've heard a lot of people within the carnivore who have tried carnivore who have said they just didn't feel good on carnivore. And you can't argue with that. And they say they feel better when they add a little bit of vegetables. And I say, go for it. But one thing that I won't say is that someone can do a vegan diet and be completely 100% healthy. I just, don't, I just don't see that because of the way our body and our biology is, that that is an optimal way to live. Can you do it? I think you can. I think it's going to be a struggle.
1: With proper supplementation... And, and monitoring your nutrients very closely, you can do it. But there's it, many things you're going to be deficient if you don't keep up with supplementation.
0: Well, and let's just say, you know, a lot of times people think, you know, what we do is very kind of extravagant because we eat meat. But if you're a vegan and you have to get foods from all over the world to create a plate of food for yourself, I would say that's the more luxurious diet because mm-hmm. that's the more, um, you know... It, uh, you're having to pull from food from, I mean, where, all the way around the world. It's crazy. Yeah, when
1: your blueberries come from Serbia, your, avoca- yeah. your almonds come from California, your avocados come from Mexico, okay, that is a luxury that is very, very recent. Like, that's not something that, that man could have done uh, just, what, 70 to 100 years ago.
0: Before refrigerated Before trucks. Before
1: refrigerated trucks. Now, we did watch a show on Nova uh, this last week.
0: I thought that was so interesting. I it, love it was, Nova.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. You know, informative kind of stuff. And they found a uh, a female skeleton from thirteen thousand years ago. So
0: I believe the name of the show was "The First Face of the Americas." Correct. And yes, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so they found it in, down in Mexico in some in some caverns that had been flooded. Um, but you know, it was, there were caves that used to be dry, and then over the uh, you know centuries, they were. Flooded, and they found this, uh, you know, human skeleton down there amongst a lot of other animal skeletons in this cave.
0: Yeah, it was, it was just amazing because um, the way that they filmed it, and you could see where they found the skeleton in such a deep, dark cave. How scary! It
1: was really cool. Those those cave divers were doing some impressive work.
0: My daughter would like that. It
1: took them an hour underwater to get to the main cave.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's, that's a long time. That's a long to time. They use rebreathers.
1: So, uh, and what they could tell, you know, when they, when they collect these skeletons, they can do tests on all the, uh, the isotopes in the bones, and they can pretty much tell you what they ate.
0: Yeah, they had to use the skeleton's tooth, mm-hmm. and so they were able to isolate the carbon fourteen. And then they were able to find that isotope and then be able to say, hey, this is what this person... This They dated it. They dated the skeleton, first of all, yep. to 13,000 years ago. And then they were able to look at her bones, because they found almost the full entire Full-time skeleton, skeleton, skeleton yeah. which is the first time. That is, like, amazing. So they were able to look at her bones and tell where she had had fractures, and some of them were from... Other people, like from a person, they could tell they, could tell they twisted her arm. Yeah, they, she had and, a spiral
1: fracture in her wrist, and they, they think that's from you know, some type of abuse.
0: Yeah, and they also could tell that she had had a child.
1: Right, because, and she was only 13.
0: Yeah, she, and they could date her as a juvenile because of the way that her bones were. And they could also show something really interesting, which was the fact that there were periods of time within her growth where she didn't have enough protein. And it showed in her bone structure. Mm -hmm. And that tells you something really important about humanity. She didn't live off vegetables. No. And And when she did, when she did have to try to do that, she was malnourished.
1: Right. And so, and they also talked about how, you know, this was in Mexico. So they talked about how she got there, where she came from. And they talk about the, the, you know, the landmass when they crossed the Bering Strait. And, you know, when it was uh, the Ice Age had... um, Uh, receded a bit so there was landmass they could cross and uh, why those and when those people crossed it was about 15,000 or 13,000 years ago and they they talked about how they were following the herds of animals that's what they were doing
0: and they found all the spearheads which I'm pretty sure they weren't using to cut down the all the broccoli
1: (laughs) so you know broccoli crowns they're called uh, Clovis Spearheads, I think.
0: Yeah, the Clovis and, culture. The
1: Clovis culture. So they talked about how these these people crossed over and they followed the herds of animals because that was their food source.
0: And they showed a picture of all the different bones of the animals. They, they kind of pieced together how many different types of animals had fallen down into that cavern where that girl was. Mm -hmm. Because just the way it was, exploring the cavern, you can watch the show. We don't have to tell you the whole thing. But it was just really interesting. Lots of different animals. But the fact that they found so many spearheads in all this area where all these people came through, just lets you know they were not using those for vegetable hunting. They were (laughs) using them. to, And and the anthropologist said it. They were following the large herds of animals for food. And when people keep trying to tell you throughout all of media that we were meant to live on a plant-based diet, you think you just need to give them the middle finger and, on that. And
1: I got that you know, this last week from uh, a discussion I had online about someone who said that we were, were omnivores and we were hunter-gatherers who ate mostly vegetables throughout the millennia. And I was like, man, you are, you are completely... Uh, just hurting all the archaeologists feelings right now. Because if you watch anything about archaeology or about anthropology, about you know the study of humans, um, they're pretty straightforward about what we did. They don't they don't have any any real biased or uh, you know
0: yeah, they're not, reason they, to they say they don't we, have funding from the food companies. Right. You know, they're or pretty the ph- or the pharmaceutical companies, which is why maybe I think within the our community my hair we should start looking at those those scientists and seeing what they've discovered and it's pretty clear that everything that they discover shows that the people who flourished were eating meat they Mm -hmm. were following herds they hunted herds of animals until those herds were almost extinct so that's what we did we ate animals and we grew bigger brains and we became smarter and we became more ad- adapted to different environments. And anytime there's a culture who didn't have access to that, what they find is malnourishment and deformity and all these different things. Uh, you know, their teeth are not uh, malformed. lasting, yeah. their palates are not formed correctly in their, in their mouth. So just so many interesting things, and I think we need to stop looking at the the studies that are fueled by food and pharma, and maybe look at the, some of these anthropologists who are really finding actual bones and people mm-hmm. <laughs> remains, and being able to say, "Hey, they ate meat." There's no there's no uh, reason for them to to that, you know, to lie about it. Well,
1: you expect science to be honest. Now, and I will say most of the, not most of, a lot of scientific studies in the past 50 years were not honest. And that's been documented from the sugar industry, um, from, you know, tobacco, all those people, they, they did false studies. Um, and that's very well documented. But most scientists you expect to be honest. And these people that are doing this, if you watch them, they're just giving you the facts. And it's very much like um, the book we talked about before on here by, by Weston Price, uh, nutrition and physical degeneration. If you're really interested in, in that kind of you know what we used to do, that's a great book because he documented it. And and again, that's before big pharma. It was before yeah. a big industry. It was before all that stuff that you know created all these biases in, in studies. And he was just they're just reporting the facts.
0: It's I know it's, it's
1: like dragnet, just the facts,
0: just the facts, <laughs> <laughs> just the facts. So that's our rant on. Uh, the whole vegan thing, I guess.
1: Well, you know, I don't want to rant about them. There's, there's, uh, plenty of people that I I know that do vegan that I hope they do well because, because they're, they're humans like us. I don't want them to fail. Um, no,
0: we don't. I, I just think that it's way more difficult to get the nutrients that you need. And it, it the reason why I believe that is because it shows up in human remains when they look at them. They mm-hmm. go, oh, look at this place right here in the in the bone where th- we can tell this was a year-long period where this person didn't get enough protein. And that's huge. Yep, that's it is. That's a big discovery.
1: Uh, so uh, something else uh, that we, we were going to talk about was... Uh, you know, people do cyclical keto and they, so they eat, you know, during the week they eat ketogenic and then on the weekend are like, they carb up. They have carb, carb ups. Days.
0: Everybody, everybody's talking about carb ups. Their carb,
1: carb refeed days is the way, the way they, they have them. Uh, we have done our own little research and we think something that that we've been trying really helps and we call them our fat feed days or what
0: feed we don't really know what to call them fat ups that fat sounds ups, weird
1: yeah or uh, yeah. our meat refeeds meat
0: free i don't even know so what we're doing we're eating more we're just eating more meat and fat yep on and sundays particularly so
1: the reason people carb up is to refill their their glycogen stores right that's the theory behind what they're I saying like your
0: i like your glycogen stores
1: glycogen stores nobody saw my air quotes right here mm-hmm. um so now you can do the same thing if you eat enough fat and protein. You can restore your glycogen stores just the same. Like there's no difference. It's just different pathways because people always get confused and they equate carbs are essential for glucose to make glycogen. And that's not true. It's not essential because I hear this all the time when people talk. They, they use carbs and glucose almost as the same. And that's, that's not always true. So you can get fat, and proteins and turn that into glucose and that's essentially what we're talking about it you're just going to you're just going to eat all day long as much as you want don't restrict and that's going to be your refeed day
0: now if you are in the process of losing weight this is going to be different but if you're in the process of sports performance it will be different so granted this is going to be a little different for each person mm-hmm. but for us right now it's sports performance And what I've noticed is, now, I'm not a sprinter. I'm not a runner. What? I know. I'm 47, and I've never done, like, a real run program. I've just run. I've just gone running, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. jogging, yogging, if you want to call it that, um, with a soft J. So, recently, you've... Written me or well, you've told me. I've told you what program. to do. You told me Stop what to do. Stop randomly
1: running and run a program.
0: <laughs> run a program, and I've stuck to it. And what I've noticed is that the way the run program works is I have a Monday long run, a Wednesday interval day, Friday or sprints. And when we're talking sprints, we're talking we've measured out hundred meters. I run that as fast as I can, <laughs> like someone is chasing me to kill me.
1: Again and again.
0: And again and again and again. Now, most people will say, endurance run, yeah, you can do that on fat-fueled, no problem. Right. In overall run, they're going to be like, nah, you might need carbs. Sprints, people are like, oh, hell no, you need some carbs that. You have for to that. have
1: carbs to sprint. Come on.
0: Okay, let's just say that for me, I'm not fast, so don't make fun of my run time. I did my 400s last week. I was faster. I pushed through them and then on friday when i did my sprints i've been telling you like when we first started sprinting i had 30 second sprints they were hard then i worked down to like i had 27 second i hit 21 second sprints on friday multiple times without bonking that's with no carbs
1: right and and it goes back to people think that you you have to you have to make glucose to make glycogen well, that's that's true, but you don't need carbs to make glucose to make glycogen.
0: So I had the glycogen to do the sprints, and then guess what I did when I got done with that? I came back and I wanted to work out more, and then in the afternoon, I worked out more. And that's the cool thing about being a fat-fueled athlete, I'll call myself an athlete, Um <laughs> I'll give myself that title. Um, But being fat-fueled and doing some sort of sport, when you can hit that, hit workout hard, and then you still have fuel in the tank to go do some weightlifting or something else that you want to do for the day, and you're not smoked.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, there are a couple of good studies that um, they're they're done overseas. One was in Germany, and the other one, I can't remember where it came from. But they they did this, and they, they took carb athletes, and they took fat adapted athletes and tested muscle glycogen before and after workouts. And what they found was that there was no difference. I believe it. So you can absolutely do all your explosive workouts on a, a meat or fat fuel diet, however you want to look at it and not have any uh, detrimental repercussions. Now, initially uh, if you've been doing this for a long time, let's say you're 40 and you want to, you want to change over to be a keto athlete, there's going to be some time to reestablish those pathways that you convert all your pro- non-essential proteins or, or fat to glycerol, to glyco- to glucose, to glycogen, you're going to have to reestablish those pathways. And that's what some people call uh, fat adaption. Uh, the first part is what some people call the keto flu. We call it carb withdrawal.
0: Yeah, we don't like keto flu. We don't
1: like keto flu. That's way too negative. You're have, You're having a carb withdrawal. We, yeah,
0: what you're actually doing is withdrawing from carbohydrates. Right. It's exactly Sugar. what it is. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you are know? you're,
1: you're having withdrawals. So uh, if you're going to make that switch, you have to give yourself time. And, and there is no set time. It's anywhere from two weeks to six months, depending on your activity, age, and biological pathways and that's
0: a broad broad time frame oh yeah it really is you know if somebody's got competition coming up that's that's something to consider
1: (laughs) (laughs) i see this all the time people are like i I run marathons i'm gonna do one next week will keto help like
0: not in the first week probably not
1: right now (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you should probably not do that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I know there are people who've done it, and they fought through it, and, and they were fine. So, you know, we can't say it's impossible.
1: Yeah, if you ever want any tips on how to break through that those first couple weeks, uh, let us know. we got lots of tips on how to do that.
0: You know, and it's it's interesting, because even when you, you do this for a long time, you'll have days when, if, if you're wanting to do something like a long run, like my long run last week was poo. It was so hard. And then this morning, my long run felt like a cakewalk. Oh.
1: Like you, you just keep going.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know another way to say it. It just felt like butter. It was so easy. It was smooth. It was, I found my pace. I could have gone all day, except I got a blister. <laughs> and, you know, it was just easy. Mm-hmm. And, but then I look back to Friday my sprints were easy i mean i pushed it but i got to 21 seconds i'm just gonna tell you anyone that's looking for if you want the the age reversal it's carnivore i'm i mean it may not be the diet for everybody but if you really want to see you got to try it for a while we've been doing this for a long time
1: over a year and a half it's been a year and eight months now we've been carnivore
0: yeah, and I mean, I think it takes a long time for your body to adapt sometimes. And I'm really starting to see that now that we pulled the dairy out, mm-hmm. thanks to Helen Taylor for telling me I need to take dairy out. <laughs> <laughs> so I pulled the da- we pulled that dairy out, and then I didn't think that things could get better sports-wise or sleep-wise, you know, my sleep was already getting better, or there's some other areas that got way better. Well,
1: I'm talking about a common thing is joint pain. Most people, especially over 40, complain about joint pain, lower back pain, uh, just the aches and pains that are the common, uh, you know, gripes and complaints about people. I'm telling you, my joints have had, they feel really good. Now I'm pressing on them. Like I'm, we, we increased our activity quite a bit. I added. I added another pull workout and two long bike workouts last week in addition to extra weight workouts. So increased activity quite a bit. And I was sore, but my joints didn't hurt.
0: And that's that's amazing. I, if, if someone knows you and has been around and knows that joint pain you've had in your knees, they would just be amazed because I'm amazed.
1: Well, you know, when you start looking, building up those aches and pains, and, and I can go over some of my injuries that are... Uh, you know, I have my ACL has been completely replaced. That same knee has zero cartilage, none. And I've had that for years. I've uh, been diagnosed with osteoarthritis in that knee, severe arthritis. Um, I've broken both my ankles, both sides of my ribs. I had my spine, my spine redone. It's titanium. So um, I've broken my shoulder, my wrist, my collarbone. I've had a lot of injuries over the years. None of that stuff hurts right now.
0: And that's, that's that's a real testimony to the anti-inflammatory properties of taking out all the other foods and just eating an appropriate diet of protein and fat.
1: And, and people sometimes will say to me, well, you've always been in shape. No, I haven't always been in shape. After I had spinal surgery in 2014, I had a lot of problems. I probably put on 30 pounds of, of unwanted weight from inactivity and opioids and just you know, just being, having to not move. I couldn't do anything. And that was, it took me a year to get back to where I could walk around the block. Yeah, so it was rough. It was, a, it was a long, hard road. So if you're going through something like that, you can get through it. There, There still is hope to see the other side. If you, you know, if you want to be active and want to be athletic and want to run or bike or swim or any of that stuff, there's still hope to do it.
0: Man, if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs>
1: Well, I say if we can do it, anybody can do it. I know. And that's the whole point um, that, you know, if you're, if you're struggling, keep struggling, keep going forward, keep trying things, don't quit.
0: And that's so important because as we get older, a lot of times we just feel like it's too late, but hopefully we've had enough guests recently that can, people can go back and listen to and know that it's never too late. It's never too late to start something new. It's never too late to explore new opportunities and to try and learn a new skill. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what the human body can do when you feed it appropriately and you move it. Mm -hmm. Because it's meant to move.
1: Your your body is meant to move.
0: One thing I was going to say, just this is totally kind of off subject, kind of. So... In all that vegan stuff, you know, we were talking about this week, that somebody posted not long ago, I don't even know where I read oh, I think it was in some vegan documentary that's coming out, that Spartans were vegetarians or vegans or some <laughs> silliness.
1: <laughs> so we so we looked this up.
0: Guys if you, what was that show? It's called, it's coming out called Game Changers. The Game Changers. Okay, all these football players are going vegan. I saw Sean Baker post this, yeah, is why I looked into it. And so, looking at the Spartan diet, I'm like, that's not right. I've read some history, and, and so I went back and looked. Sure enough, guess what? They did not eat vegetables, in fact. This it is, is documented that their cooks were not allowed to cook anything but meat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
1: <laughs> so, so it's a great point. you got to go from propaganda, the vegan propaganda, and go to act, actual historical documentation. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. It was
0: so funny. And one of their main foods was, was this stuff called black soup. And it was pig's blood, pig's legs, and vinegar and salt.
1: It sounded delicious.
0: It's bacon soup, basically. <laughs> bacon I mean, soup. And we've talked about that before. Like, why do we have to take magnesium and all these minerals? Well, we don't usually drink the blood of the animals that we slaughter most of the time. Not on a not daily included. basis. It's not included in the packet of meat that you get in nope. your bag of steaks. So <laughs> there's not a bag of blood with it. I didn't
1: stop and and, and pick up the, uh, the armadillo on the side of the road that I saw the other day. Ew.
0: Gross. <laughs> but... So a lot of these cultures would drink the, you know, they would mix in the blood of the animal with their food. So they had all that mineral, you know, content. Yep. And it's just a funny thing that somebody's trying to now say, like, Spartans were vegan. That is a straight up lie. Yeah,
1: it's total BS. Just like everybody else that says, you know, that we subsisted on lots of vegetables. Uh, Man, we did not. And I, I don't see how they get that because if you just, you know, look at it from, again, from a just historical standpoint and look at how people were and all the, the weapons we made to kill animals and all the paint drawings of, of chasing down animals and killing them and how there used to be woolly mammoths on this continent. Like in North America, there were tons. Yeah. they were And I, I didn't know this until we went down to… Um, Austin. Austin. Uh, there were tons of huge woolly mammoths on this continent. We killed them and ate them all.
0: Or was that in San Antonio? Yeah,
1: it was down
0: it was around there. No, it was
1: Waco. It was down around there somewhere. Anyway, There's
0: Mammoth Park. But that was Waco. in Texas. And then, yeah. and then
1: in this uh, this place in Mexico, they those, along with the skeletons they found, they found huge elephants.
0: Yeah, they were like not woolly mammoths. They were some. Other there were some kind other elephant. Element.
1: But th- all those huge animals used to be here, and they're gone now. It's not like they just packed their bags and left. We killed no. them and ate them. Yeah. And that was a problem with the, uh, the woolly mammoths was their, their life cycle, their you know, birth cycle was so long, um, it was like, it's like a year and a half or two years, right. that they could not populate fast enough we ate them out. They must have been tasty. They must have been delicious.
0: But that's why we, you know, and a lot of people are like cows, I love cows, don't kill the cows. Well, we domesticated the cows because we we, we ate everything else. No, so, and, and I'm not trying to And that to was be... a smart thing to do. Yeah, and th- For humans. And we did that because we had these big brains. Right. It was, you know.
1: And what do you do if genius. you stop okay, if you stop eating animals, okay? Let's just theorize. Just to say we stop eating animals, what do you do with all the animals because it's not like they're going to stop populating? They're going to continue to grow, so eventually you're going to have to start killing animals because now you're competing for the same food.
0: Yeah, I don't think people. It have makes got it, it makes
1: no sense. But okay.
0: Anyway. That, anyway, so hey.
1: So. so what we're ranting? We had a review this week.
0: We did have a review, we and do, thank you yep. guys for sticking with us through this like helter skelter episode that we have today. Um, so we did get a review. And we do like it when you guys leave five-star reviews on the iTunes.
1: I prefer funny, woody, <clears throat> smart-ass reviews. If you, if, you, if you can put one out there, I'd appreciate it.
0: I make sure it has five stars, though. <laughs> so this is from, and I like this name, Carver of Birds. This must be a wood whittler. Did I say that right? Maybe he... A whittler of, whittler of wood? Yeah. Carver of birds? It, it may-
1: sounds like a very long established title. Whittler of woods.
0: Well, it sounds like someone's Indian name. (laughs) Carver of birds. (laughs) This is running with deer. I like it. So this person said, I had subscribed a while back and finally started listening. Well, we're glad you did. (laughs) Actually been binge listening, and I'm up to episode 36. I'm 63, started keto in April of 2018, did carnivore for a while, but do better on more of a ketivore way. Really enjoy listening to y'all. Keep it up.
1: I'm surprised he made it through the first couple episodes.
0: We don't know if it's a he.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this person...
0: This is Carver of Birds. uh,
1: It could be anybody. You're right. You're right. But the first couple episodes were pretty rough. (laughs) If
0: you 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 guys heard those...
1: If you guys got through those, then you're awesome.
0: If you stuck through some of our episodes, you are Carver of Birds. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, hey, I think that wraps it up for this week. Um,
0: I don't really know how to how to bullet point this one other than <laughs> Other than <laughs> that's all, that's all if got. you got a problem maybe you should try a carnivore diet
1: <laughs> no no if you got a problem yo i'll resolve it <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can keep up with us and all of our shenanigans on instagram mostly that's where we're at in the instagram stories you might see a, a, a little video of steve dancing every now and again sure So, um, we have that. You can check out our website at thetacticalkitchen.com. And you can also go ahead and leave us that five-star review on iTunes. Yeah.
1: Baller. Baller. All right. Go out there. Have a great day. We appreciate you guys listening. Eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review.
0: Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.